Hi everyone, Eric Doman here and welcome back to another Pro Series Podcast. This is episode 38 and I get to interview my friends over at the Yajagov Podcast, Rachel and John. They tell me the story behind the Yajagov Podcast. They also give advice to small businesses and entrepreneurs around the world trying to content create on social media. And they also end with giving details on their new gig at Q92.9 here in Pittsburgh. They have a new radio show weekdays from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. So definitely go check it out. But before we enter the episode, please head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review the Pro Series podcast. And now I hope you enjoy episode 38 with Rachel and John from the Jagoff podcast. John and Rachel, thank you so much for joining me on the Pro Series podcast today. So excited to talk to Pittsburgh royalty right here. <laughs> Please, thank you. I, I know find what that think of you. Right, right. No, we appreciate it. The royalty, that's a, that's that's saved for the people like Roberto Clemente and Willie well, Stargell, Sidney Crosby, don't you think? Yeah. How about social media royalty? Pittsburgh. Okay. <laughs> I think it just means we're old. Yeah, we'll yeah. take it. We'll take yeah, that's it. right. <laughs> I mean, you're everywhere on Instagram, Facebook. I mean, you're becoming like more popular than like the newspapers, which is huge. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate that, especially, you know, my origins are newspapers. So I love hearing any of that kind of stuff because, you know, you media makes its way around, right? You know, oh, you yeah. start with one one thing and and then it grows to another thing and who would have thought here we are in the digital era and and we're somehow you know thriving in some way and it's funny because you know when you think of like the tv reporters of old or the radio broadcasters they all had to learn social media you know because and add it to their to their skill set now they're on scene at a crash and they have to not only get the story but then they have to post an instagram story about where they are and what's behind the scenes and so we're kind of the opposite of that where you know we're we were seasoned marketers who then turned out to know social media and then started a podcast so it went completely the opposite way of the learning curve i guess you'd say yeah but i guess that put you out on top um and put you in the position you're in right now which we well, and we appreciate that uh, i'm not you know it's it's just kind of interesting because you know we uh, we always say that you know if we had a five-year plan this wouldn't have been it right. you know and and this is a good example that maybe you want to be organized to have a strategic plan but this strategic plan everything happens so quickly and even just the podcast equipment that you're using or that we're using you know five six years ago when the podcast started we had a big mixing board and we had computers and everything and now we come up with this little box that has microphones plugged into it so the way technology social media everything changes so rapidly you can never make a five-year plan to do what we're doing and it's kind of cool with like marketing companies are starting podcasts because they want to get to know their clients and highlight it's the newsletter of the old days right oh yeah and so we did it opposite we we ended up with a podcast we were marketing people that ended with up with a podcast but now we have marketing and social media clients so just completely opposite absolutely and that's the main reason why i wanted you on this episode um mainly i have designers architects real estates from agents from all around the world and we're talking about design topics but i got is when i was starting this out i asked for certain information from people my viewers what topics they want to hear and the one that they talked about a lot was content and how to create content literally what you guys do in your day-to-day life um 
and I'm that's the main reason why I want you on viewers probably listening like what, why are they on here right, right now but that's the main reason why I want you on here um but we have had the chance to talk in person and work together past year or so and I but I've never heard the origin story of the Jagoff podcast and how you guys started it at whatever you said six years ago well yeah, do you want to tell it? No, you tell jam. it. Go ahead. <laughs> so 11 years ago on January 1st, the jagoff.com blog started where it was posting pictures of people doing dumb criminals, you know, bad politicians, bad people, drive, bad drivers, that kind of stuff. It's it was kind just, of like a ripped from the headlines. A, yeah, it was an outlet kind of thing to just <laughs> okay. kind of post and have some fun because you jagoff is a phrase in Pittsburgh that we use. You know, and I know it can have a negative connotation, but it's also if you're in Pittsburgh, you 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 use it as a term of endearment, like, hey, how have you been, you jack off? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so anyway, so that's what it started. And then uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Jason Falls, who's a, uh, you know, internationally known social media guru about influencers and social media author. And uh, he got a chance. I got a chance to meet him. He looked at the blog and just kind of wanted to know, is there something more beyond this? Is it a hobby? And his idea was, hey, you need to start a podcast. And this was six years ago. So I thought, oh, you know, my standard phrase is, oh, God, I didn't want one more free thing to do with my time. You know, write the blog, you make videos. And the podcast started and the podcast has evolved and it's become a weekly. It's weekly, as Rachel always says, 51 weeks a year. We only take Christmas off. And uh, and it's so it used to be that people found the podcast by going to the blog. Now people know the podcast and then they kind of sometimes find the blog humorous. So it's completely flipped. And, you know, so that's kind of how it all started. And it's Jason Falls that uh, and there's actually a, um, a Hawaiian social media company, Wahine Media, that helped me push the blog along. They were teaching me about how to do social media because I was a 40 year old person who didn't understand Twitter. And I just, you know, as a marketing person, how do I not know this social media? So that's kind of how what, what we did. So so the point is, is now it's the podcast and the podcast is weekly and, uh, you know, on from there, um, you know, we have marketing and PR clients and we build content. So, and when we build that content, we're fortunate enough that we have a channel of distribution for it as well. So when we put out a press release for our client, then, you know, we put out a press, we can, we can have that client on our podcast because it's ours, as long as we think it's entertaining to the, you know, to the audience. So that's the origin of it. And Rachel, you can continue with how we met. And so I think that um, what I would offer is that you need to find that balance of what is good content, what's content that could be usable and how do you kind of work, work on it and almost categorize it that you could kind of say, okay, this might need some help. I was actually, uh, like I said, from the newspaper business and then um, stayed home with my kids for a bunch of years, went to a PR agency to learn the PR piece of media because it was starting to kind of cross over. In my day, you know, media was media, PR was PR, and there was no connection. Um, the PR people wrote the press release for the media people to pick it up and end of story. There was no relationship. And then all of a sudden, while I was sort of home doing these odd things while I was raising my kids, this, this cross connection started happening and these worlds were colliding. And so I got this job um, at a PR marketing agency in Lawrenceville and um, learned everything that I could to really 
understand how it was working and just absorb what I could and met John as truthfully one of the only podcasts, because let's face it, as I say all the time, Pittsburgh is definitely behind the times. We are not a city that while I'm so proud of Pittsburgh and we're, that's what we're, you know, that's our namesake. Essentially Jagoff is a, an umbrella of all things Pittsburgh. But unfortunately, when it comes to like spearheading with certain things, we, we were never, unless it was the coal industry. And, um, you know, as John said, this social media platforms, these social media platforms started emerging and everybody had to kind of figure it out. And then this thing called a podcast was kind of doing this, this roller coaster where it came and it surfaced and Pittsburgh didn't understand what it was, mm-hmm. but kudos to John, because, you know, where, where he, his, his job was changing. So he figured out what this new platform was and he embraced it and he kept with it and it grew and grew and grew. And so my job was to feed the media and he was basically the only blogger. And so I would send him things and we had very similar, um, creative minds essentially. So we worked on a couple of projects together and we were like, Oh, we're like, I get it. This is, you know, I used to say he and Russell Howard from the Pittsburgh downtown partnership were the two people that I would come home and say to my husband, I want to emulate what they're doing because they're seasoned. They've been around the the business and they can help me prosper. And so I said to John, you know, I'm thinking I'm leaving the agency and I'm going to go on my own. And he's like, okay. And he continued to send me jobs that like, just in case you need this job. And I was like, perhaps you're not understanding. I'm going on my own. And then I said to him, maybe I could help you market the podcast. And he was like, nah, I'm good. He said, you know, I, and I take it as whatever, like you didn't want my help. His theory was, I don't know that this is going anywhere. So I don't want you to kind of go all in and be disappointed. And so we've, we figured out, you know, six years later that he was protecting me from something that he didn't know would grow. And I was saying, there's more to this than you realize. And so it was kind of this cool culmination of, of two like minds who had a lot to offer. And I think that the podcast grew, you know, he'll say, I'm the reason I'm not the reason I just added that one piece that makes sense for the two of us to balance out for people to really appreciate a podcast. And it's interesting, as I tell the story all the time, is that, you know, people can go find partners in business, but a partner who takes it heart, mind and soul, you know, doesn't just walk in and say, okay, what, what do I do today? Then checks out at five, you know, a partnership of, I wait what, till of the kind of things yeah, of the kind of things that we're doing. You know, you're up at one o'clock in the morning, you're tired, you're, you know, you're wondering how you're going to pay everybody tomorrow, maybe, you know, things like this. And someone who owns it and just says, what are we doing next? How do we think versus just kind of being a, po- a small portion of it? That's that's the key to all of this is that. She owned it in her heart, mind, and soul the way I owned it in my heart, mind, and soul and believed in it, which gave me the impetus to say, okay, let's just keep driving this forward. So that's kind of how it came to be, to be honest with you. And I'll always tell the story about, you know, at one point the podcast was growing and, you know, every podcaster wants to make money, right? So someone nangles a dollar in front of you. You're like, oh my God. So there was a local, um, a local pub, kind of a chain that, you know, it had a certain reputation, but it offered us a certain amount of money to do the podcast at their place every week. And they would hang a sign up to say it's recorded there every week, blah, 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 blah. And for some, it just didn't feel right to me because of the feel of the, of the culture of it and everything. And, but wasn't sure, but God, to turn down the money that they were offering back then was decent money for this podcast. 
And so I called Rachel and I said, you know, what do you think? I trust your woman's opinion. And I had a daughter and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. And, and she said, I would not do it. And, you know, so it was, a, they always say my, my former boss used to say in aircraft, you know, the toughest decision you make is to not go you know, in bad weather or whatever, the same thing here. Toughest decisions, it seems, in business that you make are the things to not do something, however tempting they are. And quite frankly, it was the best decision ever made, but it kind of sealed the deal for how she thinks and how I could rely on her. So, in, you know, and how we, we would become partners. That's awesome. I mean, it definitely shows that you guys, you, you sweat, um, you just do everything you want for this podcast. And it really shows... Oh, and I, we just did a, uh, an episode a little bit ago together. Um, and I helped you like, get the guests and location. And when I was explaining to people, the podcast, I basically told them, cause I was explaining to people that didn't know what a podcast really format sure. formation of a podcast was. And it was basically a talk show, sure. but in a Facebook live type form. Yeah. Um, and a lot of podcasts aren't like that, but I think that's what sets you guys aside from being the best at what you do is because it's more of a visual podcast that you want to actually go back and watch the videos after you listen to it um, and see what those people look like, what the musical guest is doing, um, which I think is great. Like, uh, that's amazing that you guys do it that way. Well, we appreciate that. And I think that comes with a formula, you know, and, and we use, I hate to use the word, but COVID really taught people, you know, what they want to do, um, how they want to go about it. So many podcasts were formed out of boredom and we, we appreciate that because, you know, we would get the question like, oh my gosh, there's quadruple the amount of podcasts there were. How did, how does that make you feel? Well, the more, the merrier, because every podcast, as you just said, is going to be different. And I don't mean it in a pompous way, but the next person's is not going to be the way ours is. And we've lasted because of the prep work. You know, you, you sort of mentioned this going in, but we don't just show up with, with, Hey, what can we talk about? Um, I have a journalism background. So to me, I'm a traditional journalist and I, I really needed to be educated on what a podcast was and how it informed people. And once I realized it, I would get hit with a question all the time. Well, how many do you listen to The truth of the matter was in the beginning, I wasn't listening to many because again, I'm a true yinzer in the sense that it was new and I wasn't ready to tackle it. And again, traditional sense, I was reading newspapers and, you know, figuring out by that point, social media, what was online from headlines and to actually get into it and dive in and realize that so many people have stories to tell. And, you know, we all hear this new, I'm a storyteller. I'm a, you know, I like to convey a story. Everyone can do that differently and there is room for it. I just think that we are so broad and so niche at the same time that it, it makes sense. You know, Pittsburgh is such a unique place. There are people who have such deep roots here that the stories never get old. We could talk to the same person and really there's going to be a different, you know, reference to days of old or, or, or how we've grown. Like I said, coming out of the coal days and, and where we are now as a best food city, as um, a leader in technology and healthcare, who would have thought? Yeah. And I, I love how you embrace other people. Like you said, competition in the Pittsburgh area that have pot, podcasts like myself, when, when I was back on in February or March um, to talk about it, that it just means a lot from coming from you guys to embrace other inspiring people that are looking up to you guys and your show. 
And, you know, yeah. And again, it's the whole, you know, rising tide and all that kind of stuff. But the fact is, is that I think it's uh, it's still still it's still a small percentage of people who download podcasts. It's getting bigger. Right. But there's still a large number of people who don't download podcasts. So if someone's listening to your podcast, then they might listen to ours. And we need to get those people in that routine of maybe turning off the morning radio on the way to work and turning off their Pandora or whatever else and listening to podcasts. They're used to listening to audiobooks in some way. But so now we can listen to podcasts about anything and that's the cute cool part and ours is just happens to be hyper local on pittsburgh essentially western pennsylvania because it's more than pittsburgh but you know it just happened to be our niche and our niche is to not just sit and talk you know about whatever it is we try to we try to take a talk show i appreciate you say that because we take take a talk show approach to it where we have Mm -hmm. different guests we always want to highlight a local performer musician Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of you know that gives those musicians a little bit of a play so you know we've tried to stick and the podcast sounds completely different uh, than it did from from now even from when we started working on it but we're glad the way it's evolved and the video part of it is because we felt like we were missing something. Everybody else was doing video, right? We're like, oh my God, we got to keep up with the Joneses. You know, the Mike and Mike, everybody has a TV show that looks like a podcast. So we had to do that. And that's kind of how it all came about. But I think it's about, you know, Eric, you were saying this in the beginning about content creation. It's not about us. That's the biggest rule of thumb, I think, in podcasting, but also in um, media and journalism in general. It's not about what we like. There are plenty of interviews that going in, I thought this is not going to interest me. And I come out saying, wow, I could, if I can pull one piece of information out of this that I learn or that, that is useful. I find myself so often in conversation saying, you know what, we had so-and-so on the podcast and I can make that connection because of that person telling a story. And I think that's the beauty of this new platform. The other cool part, you know, from a content creation piece is that, you know, John and I are part of the PMP group, which is the Pittsburgh Media um, found, or not Foundation, Pittsburgh Media Partnership out of Point Park. And, you know, it's the Post-Gazette. It's the Jewish Chronicle. It's all these different platforms in Pittsburgh who we've all grown up, you know, getting our news from. And we were the only podcast and no one batted an eye. And I used to sit there and look around and think, these are the people I was in such envy of because they really did it. You know, they really dug for the news. They, they had that mindset of being newsy and here I am just a podcast. But when I really peeled back the layers, I was doing that to myself and they were seeing me in the same way because it's an evolutionary thing. Again, you know, the, the idea of media is changing. It's not that newspaper format anymore. It can be, but it's also a radio station, a TV station, and now a digital format that so many different people may choose. So it's never about me and what I want, but it's more about what other people can get from it. And, you know, you talked about Eric, about content creation and Rachel's mentioned, we've all mentioned at some point. And that's the idea is that when you go to school to be a doctor, you come out and you hang a shingle and you're a doctor or so-and-so, right? You're a lawyer, an accountant, whatever it is. They've taught you how to be that. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you hang your shingle up, you're like, wait, how am I going to get business? You know, so you have to decide marketing. And so you're, you're like, oh, man, I have to hold myself out there as doctor, lawyer, or whatever. And then, you know, like, I don't know how to do that. I only know how to do this part. And that's kind of where the content creation part becomes 
comes along because the content creation isn't just if you're a car sales uh, dealership, you don't just say this car is on sale, this car is on sale, now this car is on sale. You know, you have to build a, a social media content has to build a two-way relationship with your followers to gain followers. Right. And you don't just want to post that gets a thousand likes. You want to post that gets maybe two likes and five shares because it's so good that people will share it. And that's when you know you've kind of hit it. And so when, when you're thinking of yourself, now you've made that adaptation, right? You, you're a designer and you also understand social media. So you're one of the, you're one of the few that have, have adapted to that. But what designers, when they're holding out their brand, they are a brand. And how do they put post content versus here's me with my new cabinets. Here's me with my new. They have to tell stories and, and build a relationship with their, their audience and what is that? It might be the, you know, daily pictures with your dog. And mm -hmm. that's where we come in and that our content creation part of the business is that we try to go in, understand what the business is because we have a dealership, a car dealership. We have a, a high-end community, a retirement community. We have to go on and understand who the audience is and then how we're going to play whatever it is on whatever social media channels they are. But mm -hmm. they don't have the time to do the content. And again, it's not just posting. Here's a picture from today. You know this as well as we do, right? But not everybody does. It's not about posting the specials. It's about posting faces of people and stories that are shareable so that your consist constituency stays following and makes it worth to, makes it worth to follow. Sorry, my phone's right here. No problem. I no like problem. how you said that because there's a lot of companies now um, that, I mean... I, I've been out of school for uh, six years or so. And it, when I first came out, there was a lot of people that there was a lot of companies that just didn't, they weren't with it on the social media aspect. They didn't really think it was a priority. Um, right. I was always for it. I ran social media accounts in college. I thought it was a big form free marketing for your company. Um, and I feel like now companies are now, gradually getting on that board of the social media bandwagon and they're hiring people like you to help them content create, or they just don't have enough money to hire someone like you just yet. Um, but they do have some yep. time um, to, to dilly dally and do stuff with um, for themselves. What type of tips do you have for a company just starting out generally on what to post, um, how often to post, um, and just how they could do this by themselves until they can make enough money to hire someone. That's a great question. I think the, the blunt answer is it's trial and error in the sense that you really don't know until you know. Um, and, you know, we, we often will go in and say, we're not young people. You know, there's so many marketing companies out there now who are younger, who are, were born into this social media age, we had to learn it. So we respect it, appreciate it, and had to figure it out a little bit more. So I think the science of it sort of resonates more with us. Mm -hmm. um, my suggestion, you know, could be different than John's, but my suggestion is really take the time on it because it's yours. You know, it's an art in the sense that you know, for instance, like John said, the people on our staff, they, we put together content calendars every month. 
Okay. And I think that's a tip to definitely use to be ahead of the game. So if you, if you look at it, you want to do it in baby steps, but you have to kind of overall create. So what does a month look like? What type of message do I want is obviously number one. What do I want to convey? Well, chances are you have multiple messages, not just one overall. So what do those messages look like in the overall spectrum? So in a month's time, how can I convey these three things? And you can look at it from, okay, if I look at this calendar and I know that weekends typically are more for entertainment purposes, right? People are really just flipping through and looking at vacations and being in the sunshine and what are you doing on the weekend kind of thing. Well, that could be to your advantage if you're a certain business because you may function in that capacity. So, you know, if if you're in need of that, you could go, okay, I have a lot of people's attention this time of the of the week. Ultimately, people like to approach businesses during the business week. So, you know, getting into the habit of as routine as it works for you. So that could be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday if you're a small business. It could mean I'm a small to medium to your point. I'm just not ready to pay for content creation. I'm going to make it my habit to post every single day. Well, as long as you have the content to do that, that would be my, um, my best advice is to keep with it, keep it routine, keep it consistent, concise, um, and make sure you're getting your message out, but create what that looks like overall. And then kind of go from there and see trial and error. How many days? Yeah. And I think social media, you know, I love this term that it's an old marketing term. We said it, it would say, uh, it was a uh, 50% of our marketing budget works and 50% of it doesn't work. We just don't know which 50%, right? So, you know, you can't tell if somebody's read your ad in a magazine, but you can instantaneously tell somebody who's looked at your ad or your Facebook post. So, you know, and you'll hear all these statistics post at three o'clock. It's the best time, three o'clock. Well, what if your constituency, your followers are people that work 11 p.m. to 7 a.m.? Three o'clock is not the right time. Exactly. So you kind of have to learn that. And you can learn social media gives you that chance to post and you see what people like a lot and you see what people don't like. And that that tells you your feedback tells you that you don't even have to be a severely analytical person to know that you can watch it. So that's the first thing is, you know, do what you know. And the second thing is, you know, there's that silly 80 20 rule. It seems to come up in every facet of everybody's life, especially marketing, but it really needs to be more about them than it is about you. You know, we watched a car dealership, the Pittsburgh Penguins here in Pittsburgh. They, you know, years ago, they were in the playoffs and five car dealerships, five Facebook pages posted. If you like our Facebook page, you'll get five chances to win tickets to tonight's game. It was awesome. They got a lot of likes, but they never once followed. They had a following now. People are like, I'll listen. I liked it. And then after that, they're just like, hey, this card's on special for $100 off. You know, they never used it, to, execute to, it. Yeah. to build a relationship after they got the follow. They didn't use it to, to foster a relationship with the followers. All they got was the follows. So I would say, you know, use what you know and don't post what you think. You know, I might be this age, but I'm looking for this age to follow me. Make sure the content is appropriate for that age versus what you like to post. You know, you don't know whatever the demographics are going to be for your uh, for your design. If it's older, you're skewing older. If you're skewing younger, you have to make sure that the content you're posting about songs, dogs, life, lifestyle, it all has to be con, um, con, um, uh, in line with what your followers want. You know, that, that's, you have to think about that a little bit. So, you know, don't follow all the rules, but take suggestions. And we always say, you know, go with what you like. You know, even when you're building a website, 
figure out what websites you like and why they work for you and how they work. And then remember, it's not about you liking your websites, it's about how your user is going to use it and how your user is going to read and consume your social media. That's what you have to remember. Absolutely. Those are all great tips. I took mental notes on that from, from myself. <laughs> uh, I mean, consistency is always what I always tell people just because yes. in the beginning, there's posts that I put so much thought into and I'm like, and I post it and it doesn't do as well as I yes. thought, but the ones I put like no thought into it, they yes. do super well. Oh, so yes. that's, it's exactly trial and error. And that's what I've learned yeah. throughout the years. Um, so just keep posting consistently and you'll get a following and yeah. be yourself. Agreed. It's definitely, yes. And it's perseverance. You know, that's what people say like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you guys, we didn't quit. We really didn't. Even the, there were times that we were like, this promotion didn't go well. This, you know, um, event was not the best we would have liked. Well, you have to move on because yeah. if not, you're then, then stop and figure something else out. But I think it was the perseverance of, you know, John always jokes, we do this Beavis and Butthead meme of Chris Collinsworth every time um, the Steelers play and Chris Collinsworth is um, broadcast. broadcasting. Yeah. I am talking hundreds of shares <laughs> of John saying, doesn't he look like Chris Collinsworth? He'll do like a split screen. And we sit there and think, how many questions of the day have we had that we thought were so good that had like four comments and nothing, <laughs> you know, but this stupid meme gets, gets all of the light. It's probably eight years, six, eight years old too. And it just, it just heats up every time you go up on there. You're like, yeah. we put so much thought into this one thing and it didn't get anything, but same as you, that thing has no thought. You put it up there and it just goes like wildfire. Yep. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you talk about perseverance and working hard, I want to bring up your new gig that starts next or started this past Monday, June 6th. Tell us all about that um, and what we could expect from it. Well, you know, we don't know. We don't know what you can expect. Don't set your expectations too high yet because it's a new endeavor. So, you know, Eric, honestly, we, we've said this to you before. We appreciate how you, um, you appreciate the industry. You appreciate the grind. You appreciate, you know, what the art of the industry is. Um, we looked at it, it was serendipitous in the sense that we looked at each other and, you know, Pittsburgh in particular does, I'm sure just like other markets, best of, right? So there's a city paper best of, there's a Pittsburgh magazine's best of, and we are so fortunate. We're not downplaying it, but we have, we're always nominated. And basically if we decide to throw our hat in the ring by saying, thank you to this person, this person for nominating us, we're in. We win it. And we are so lucky for that because that's the kind of support system that we have. And that's what, that's what, you know, lets us continue to grow. We looked at each other and said, it's been done. So what is next? Because our longevity can only be our longevity for so long. And this opportunity truly came to be in the sense that it's on Steel City Media and it's called 92.9, Q92.9. And they wanted us to do what they call a pod to broad opportunity. So they want to trial and error um, a podcast on air because, you know, there's always debate is radio, you know, kind of declining and podcasts increasing. Mm -hmm. Don't know. Again, it depends on the person, right? Yeah. Um, is there a demographic of people who prefer to still turn on their car, their car radio and, and not understand how to download a podcast? Perhaps. Is there still the need to turn that radio on that's not satellite and it's more local here? And so we were very fortunate because our, 
our content is so niche to Pittsburgh that it aligned with their mission of Steel City Media. And they want us to basically continue talking about all things Pittsburgh from 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. Eastern time, since we don't know what time zone your listeners are in. And you could download it on the Q92 Dine app, by the way. But the cool part is, is that they're bucking the system and that radio has been cutting costs. And, you know, there are a lot of um, overnights and the evenings they're not really talent on. They're just voice tracked or they're um, they're uh, syndicated. And so this is the first time in a while that there's going to be other than talk radio here in Pittsburgh, that there will be people talking on the radio in real time talking about whatever the weather is, the traffic, or, you know, in it just basically living that, that hour while you're living that hour in Pittsburgh. So it's kind of cool. But beyond that, it's the stories of Pittsburgh, right? It's the ice curator at PPG Paints Arena. It's Eric Delman, who, you know, is kind of moonlighting as a designer and a podcaster. I, you know, <laughs> things like that, that people really want to know, wow, I could do that. And they could, they could be listening to this and they can hear these stories in a little bit longer form. That's the part of the pod broad idea is that they're, they still play music. They'll play less music. They'll play more of us talking, but not as much as a talk show. So there's right. a little bit of a mix. And so that's kind of what, what's kind of cool about it. Will the podcast still go on Saturday mornings? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you in my family yeah, I know. we keep saying like the only thing that changed there was no change other than we just added this piece to it and you know honestly disclaimer we i my husband and i've had this conversation a couple times as january approached and i said this is year five of the balance of the marketing company with um you know the podcast and i said they 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 whoever they is say year five is the crucial year and so you know hang with me kind of thing and my husband was like this is a no-brainer it's it's what's next that's awesome yeah thank you so much both of you for coming on today i'm so excited to have you guys on um i want to finish out and just say where everybody could follow you at on social media and where they could find your podcast yeah yeah, so you find the podcast on the Anchor app, but anywhere you've any other uh, podcast aggregator that you get, it's just the uh, Jagoff podcast all about Pittsburgh. So if you're coming here to visit, you used to live here, or you just want to know about the cool things going on here, that's a good podcast. And then on social media, at your Jagoff, how cool is that? Nice and easy. It's just like you would yell it, your Jagoff. It's Y A J A G O F F, and every it's the same. Crazy enough, but it's the same on every uh, channel. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel and John, for hopping on today. Um, and hopefully everybody listens to you on 92.9. That was a good one. Uh, Thank, well <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome.